Good morning, Eastside Church and family. So glad you joined us this morning. What a great time of worship we just experienced. Today, we want to kind of keep uh, keep going from what JP started last week. You know, we had kind of a, a unique thing where we did uh, we did the outdoor service here, which wasn't recorded. We had a little bit of things that we posted to Facebook, but but uh, earlier in the week we had recorded a message that dealt with you know, uh, who God was, he's just. He's a just God and what justice was. And JP did a great job communicating that in light of the uh, the tension, the racial tension that we have going on in our culture today. So the first thing I want to do is I want to encourage you to go back and I want you to listen to what JP talked about last week because I'm going to tag that this week. Uh, and uh, as you'll discover, if you hadn't already watched it, if you have, uh, you, you'll recognize the fact that JP referenced a plumb line, that God had a plumb line in his hand. And, uh, and that plumb line, and he, he talked about what a plumb line does, it makes, it makes sure things are straight, that things are lined up. And, uh, and he says, the plumb line's in my hand, making sure that, that the church, that believers are lined up with his way. And so, and so the plumb line's in the hand of God. And today, one of the things that, as I, as I uh, have uh, shared with so many people, uh, as far as, you know, what my prayer needs were and what I felt like the Lord was doing, the main thing I, I focused on was, was the, um, the condition of the church today and um, the opportunity that the church has and, and, and that we not blow it and, and, and that we not blow it because of our our, our pride or our arrogance or our ignorance and uh, and uh, and so I wanted you just kind of keep going with that but I'm going to start in this place because of so many things I, I see on Facebook now I want you to understand that that I've got friends in just about every uh, every walk of life every every socioeconomic situation in life every uh, every race, uh, every geographical area, um, and uh, and there's just a lot of different places that people are in their spiritual walk. And one of the things that we can't do is we can't expect somebody else to be where we are. They're not on the same. They're not on the same. They're not in the same place that we are in Christ. God is dealing with each one of us uh, uh, individually and. And there are some aspects of the church um, that I see that I think are counterproductive. And most of it is happening on social media. And uh, I just kind of want to address that as we, as we look at these scriptures and as we look at Isaiah is where I'm going to start. God's plan is going to come to pass. No, no matter no matter who's in charge, no matter who's in authority on this planet, it is the plans of God that will be accomplished. And as the church, our confidence should be in that. Our confidence should be in his word, and our confidence should be in the spirit of God's ability to use people who may not even believe in him to carry out his plan. He's done it all through scripture. He's done it all through scripture. And so, and so looking to a system, a worldly system to solve our problems is, is, is never ever 
ever going to work. Our source, our resource of, of healing and help is how well the church responds to and em, uh, emulates the character and the nature of God. In Isaiah chapter 8, I just want to start there. Michael Wallace brought this scripture to my attention a couple of weeks ago, and man, it's just been sitting in my heart. And, and, and Isaiah says this, and he's talking about all, all the theories of, of what's going to influence this culture of this day. And, and Isaiah says, do not say a conspiracy. Do not say a conspiracy, a conspiracy concerning all that this people calls a conspiracy. I see so many conspiracy theories today. And Isaiah said, don't believe those conspiracy theories. Don't be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hollow. Him you shall revere. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. It's, it's the plans of the Lord that you need to, to be worried about. It's not a conspiracy theory. Because the Lord's plans are going to be carried out. And so we're going to pick that up as we, as we look at the church and as we understand that we're light bearers in dark times, which is exactly the title of the message today. Being light bearers in dark times. We're going to start with Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 18. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to... Look at starting at verse 1. And I'm going to get there so you'll have time to get there as well. We're going to read through verse 17. Therefore, if there's any consolation, that means any encouragement in Christ. If I can encourage you in Christ, is there if there's any comfort of love... If any fellowship of the Spirit, if you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each esteem others better than himself let each of you look at not only look out for not only your own interest but also the interest of others let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shall shine as light in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that, a, uh, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain and labor in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also should rejoice and be glad with me. And so the first thing that we see when we read this passage of Scripture is that as the church, and as the call of the church is, is Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he's saying to the church that our behavior should always emulate the humbled and exalted Christ. It should always look like Jesus, that Jesus is our model. And there's a, there's a passage right there in verse 5 that says, Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. In other words, if you're wondering what the will of God is for your life, I'm telling it to you right now. Paul wrote it to, uh, to the church in, uh, in the New Testament, and he says this, Let this mind be in you, that mind which was in Christ Jesus. And Jesus, what he did was he took the form of a servant. Now, the, the key word in this is, is taking the form of a servant. You know, it's, it's, uh, in this day and time, that has a very negative context. You know, there's not very many people who want to be followers. There's not many books written how to be a great follower. All the books are, are written how to be a great leader. Everybody says, this is how, this is how to bring out the leader in you. This is how to lead, 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 lead. And you know, I've read the last leadership book I believe I'm ever going to read because I want to learn how to be a servant. I want to be, learn how to be a follower of Christ because that's what Jesus did. He took the form of a bondservant. Now you have to understand what bondservant is and it loses sometimes other translation other than the New King James or maybe the NSV, the word-for-word -word translations generally come up with a bondservant and it has incredibly different meaning than servant because a bond servant was a person who somehow lost his freedom he had made a, a, a choice or a decision he had become uh, he had he had uh, uh, run into financial trouble of some sort or whatever and he needed to take out some semblance of a loan or maybe he was a farmer and he was on rented ground and and uh, and and he wasn't producing what he needed to produce or whatever it might be uh, he, he owed somebody money, and, and, and in that time, what he did was he and his family uh, became servants of that household. And when you see in Scripture, when you see some, uh, it referred to as, you know, this gentleman, this centurion, he and his household got saved, it included servants and bondservants. His household was made up of those who identified themselves with his house. But a bondservant, a bondservant is someone who in the, in the seventh year, the tradition, the Jewish tradition is in the seventh year, 
that you're released from your debt. In other words, your debt has been paid in the seventh year. And at that time, the person who is a servant can voluntarily say, I and my family want to continue to serve this household. And that's a bond servant. Someone who voluntarily submits themselves to the authority of another. And that's what it says about Jesus. It said he took on the form of a bondservant. And he humbled himself, and he even became obedient to his master, the Father, Father God, even unto death. And so our, our encouragement from Paul is, let this be your mindset. Become a bondservant. Find somebody you can serve. Find somebody you can submit to. Man, this is counterculture, isn't it? He said, humble yourself and become obedient. You come up humble to yourself, to the word of God, to the way of God. The plumb line is that way. But you also need, in this context, to become uh, unified and together serving one another as a bondservant done like Jesus did. And so the first thing you do is you have to understand that the expectation of God, the plumb line of God says, our behavior should always emulate the humbled and exalted Christ. What, what God says about it, if you'll humble yourself, he will exalt you in due time, just like he did Jesus. But the pathway to that, that honoring by God is humility. And so is the pathway to being a right representative of, of Christ. Unity comes through humility. Unity is always going to come through humility. There is absolutely no way that we're going to bring a solution to the problems we face today without humility. The second thing that we've got to understand, well, the first one being unity comes through humility. Secondly, our behavior should always emulate the humbled and exalted Christ. Thirdly, we are called to be light bearers in very dark times. This is a unique time for the church. Paul is writing to obviously a very difficult time. This is right before Nero is going to really try to extinguish the whole Christian movement, the whole way movement, and uh, begin to execute Christians uh, in an unbelievable way. And so they were very dark times as well. And Paul is writing to them on what their behavior should look like in the midst of a perverse generation. Now, no matter where you are on the political scale, I would be willing to say that we all believe that there is not, there's not honesty, sincerity, authenticity, and, and certainly transparency in some of the things that we're watching on the media and the fights that we're seeing and all the discord and the division that we see all over uh, Facebook and all over the news and all over social media. And there is a pattern of behavior, a plumb line that God sets that the church are to be light bearers in those dark times. Why? Because there is a perverse, divisive generation 
that the church is the light. In other words, it is the way it illuminates the way of health and healing. And so the only way that this thing is ever going to come about to a healthy place is through the church. And there is behavior patterns that Paul is writing to the church that says these are things you can do that will bring light to a dark place. The first thing we could do is recognizing the fact that we're uh, light bearers in dark times. Uh, what we do and who we are when leadership is not watching is really how we work out our salvation and trembling. When, when Paul is saying, listen, I, 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 I've heard of, of what you are and what you're doing, especially, especially now that I'm away, I'm, I'm hearing that you're continuing to be a light in a dark place. And Paul just encourages people, he encourages people that what you are like when nobody's watching is actually how you work out your salvation with Jesus. Now let me just tell you this. I see so much more boldness on social media. People saying things they would never say to somebody's face. There being somebody that's totally different behind the scenes when they're not feel like they're being watched or when they don't have to feel like they're given the kind of accountability that would be be required if you were face to face. There seems to be a hypocrisy that's out there in the church that doesn't shine light in darkness. And so, and so Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, what you do when leadership's not watching is how you're actually working out your salvation. Let, let, let's, let's just go, let's go over that uh, real quickly. It says in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, obeyed what? Obeyed the gospel. As you've lined up with the plumb line that's in the hand of God, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fearing trembling. When you're not in my presence, when you're, when you're doing your own thing, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's, it's becoming the character and nature of God when nobody's watching. You're emulating him behind the scenes. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to understand when nobody's watching is really what your character is, who you are. But secondly, that complaining and disputing puts out your light. Paul says, stop your complaining. Don't complain. Don't, don't dispute. Do all things. Somebody say all with me. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Because complaining and disputing puts out your light. And that's what I see happening all over the place. We have an incredible opportunity to influence culture like never before. We can be the light. We can be, we can be Jesus to the world. But we can only do that by modeling what he would do. And if Jesus were here today, how would he respond to the atmosphere that's around us? What would he be doing? 
How would he respond? How would he act? What would he say? Who would he say it to? How would he respond to social media? What would he do? You do those things. Everything you do, do it without complaining and disputing because that complaining and arguing on Facebook puts out your light. So what we have to do is stop that complaining and disputing and then stand on the way of Christ because when we stand on the way of Christ, it actually brings glory to the Father. The only way you can glorify God is to respond like God. And when you respond in obedience to Him, even unto death, then you've responded in a way that brings glory to Him. And he says about you, if you really want joy, if you really want to rejoice, then you do that. Stand on my way because my way brings joy. Even in the midst of darkness. He's saying that in the scripture in one of the greatest times of turmoil that Christians have ever faced. Nero. It's written in 60 A.D., 60-ish, you know, between 60 and 70 A.D. 70 A.D. was the time that the temple was destroyed and everything came tumbling down. There couldn't have been a worse time of persecution. And this is saying, stand on the way of Christ. Don't complain. Don't dispute. Bring unity. Let me read just 12 through 17 one more time. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God that you can become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hold fast to the word of life so that Paul, being the teacher, could rejoice in the day of Christ that, that the work that he had put in he had not done in vain. That the labor that he put in would not be in vain. How, did, how would Paul's labor be in vain if these people didn't emulate Jesus? For the same reason that I'm going to be rejoicing and be glad as you poured yourself out as a drink offering, as Paul pours itself out as a drink offering, both are able to rejoice. It brings rejoicing. So we're called to be light bearers in dark times. We're called to be light bearers in dark times. So the church's mission is to glorify God together. You know, Jesus' last prayer, prayer was for the church, Lord, let them be in unity as we're in unity. Let them be one as we're in one. 
So the church's mission is to glorify God together in unity. Quit your arguing. Quit trying to convince people to adapt to your point of view on social media. Other than the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. This is not opinion. You know, don't, don't try to force stuff down people's throat. Do everything that brings encouragement, exhortation, that, that edifies the hearer. We're to glorify God together in unity. We're to receive one another. How do you receive one another? Well, in this passage that we're about to read, it actually, uh, from Romans 15, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn Romans 15. We're going to read 7 through 13. But it, it says receive one another. And, and it actually is referring to, in, in some of these passages in Romans that I looked up, you know, people that aren't on the same spiritual plane that you are. There, there, there are different seasons of growth that uh, there are different maturity levels where we're all being perfected and and somehow we when we uh, when we feel like we have matured to a certain level sometimes there's this there's this um, thing that we try to uh, put on other people that we expect them to walk at our maturity level when it took us 15 years to get here and they hadn't even known Christ but three but we expect them to to respond like we do when they don't have the understanding it's absolutely impossible because God hasn't even brought them through that thing yet. And so we, we are to receive one another where each other are and, and edify, encourage each other with the word of God because it's the plumb line. And it is the thing that's going to be carried out. Not opinions of man, not economic systems, not, not, not governmental systems, not attitudes that, that aren't written in Scripture. It's going to be the ways and the will of God that's going to bring about help as we receive one another. We've got to become a servant. And we've got to understand that when we come together, that togetherness bears fruit. And the fruit that togetherness bears is joy and peace. This is what Scripture says. Togetherness and unity bears the fruit of joint peace. How many would say, if our society, perverse generation needs jo anything, it's joy and peace. We need joy and peace. Romans 15, 7, let's read it together. Therefore, receive one another. Say that with me. I'm going to receive one another just as Christ also has received us. Aren't you glad Christ received you before you had your act together? Aren't you glad Christ received you before you knew it all? I am. I'm sure glad that he received me with all my flaws. With all my misunderstandings. With all my lack of knowledge. With all my ignorance. With all my sin. He received me. His instruction to us is therefore, <laughs> let me go back to the flip, let this mind be in you. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received you. 
to the glory of God. How can you bring glory to God? You can bring glory to God by receiving one another. Now I say that that uh, now I now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promise made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Whose people? God's people. He's grafting in. He's including in every race, every nationality with the chosen. He said, all that aren't Israel, rejoice, because I'm going to receive you. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? So that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our mission as a church is to glorify God together. Unity. Receiving each other with our flaws. Walking with one another, not placing our hope or our fears in conspiracy theories, but understanding that the way and the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the bottom line is that God expects us to behave like a Christ follower. He doesn't expect us to behave as a representative of an organization, but an organism. And that organism is, is Christ follower in relationship with Jesus. And there are some things that he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21, that I want to read to you that will help us get a hold of that. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let me say that again. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfast in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Everybody say that with me. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. How many would say that we need this verse? Don't repay evil for evil. If it is possible as, as much as depends on you, 
live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if he is thirsty, give him a drink. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, God expects us to behave like a Christ follower. You know, Christian is not just a title. It's, it's supposed to be that we're following Christ. And there's ten things that I want to point out that's in this passage of Scripture that are actions and attitudes of Christ as we follow Him. First of all, we have to love without hypocrisy. We have to love without, without hypocrisy. Number two, we've got to hate evil. Hate what is evil. Number three, we need to give preferential treatment to our brother. You need to prefer your brother over yourself. That's what Christ did. We need to bless those who persecute us. We need to set our mind, don't set your mind on high things. Now that's that's countercultural. You, you don't need to set your mind on high things. You don't, you don't need to think more highly of yourself. Don't be wise in your own opinion. You know, again, you know, it, it, uh, it's not an absence of, of self-confidence as much as it is a God confidence. Well, you're putting your trust in God and not yourself. You're understanding that he created you a certain way, that there's an anointing that can come on your life, that by great grace, he can do more in your circumstance than you could ever do on your own. And so your confidence in him, you're walking in humility, because you know when you walk in humility, he will raise you up. Who will? The Father will. Grace will. The Holy Spirit working in your life will. We need to live peaceably with all men. Everybody say all men. All men. As, as much as it is our responsibility to live in peace with everybody. Bless your enemy and do not let, let evil win, but overcome evil with good. Well, how do you do that? Well, you, you know and you measure yourself. You say what JP said last week. You recognize that the plumb line is in the hand of the Father. And he's asking each one of us how well we are responding like our Savior. How well that we uh, emulate the humbled and exalted Christ. I've got a prayer it comes from Ephesians that I believe in this particular time that the church really needs to, to be walking in and come to a grip with and understand that I kind of want to just pray over us today. I want you to understand and believe with me and to be praying for those in authority, be praying for those who, who are being oppressed and have been oppressed, who to, to, uh, to, to value them as much as you value yourself. But here's the prayer. Father, we recognize right now 
as a congregation of believers, friends and family of Eastside Church. For this reason, right now, we bow our knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in, in heaven and earth are named, that Jesus would grant us, according to the riches of his glory, that we would be strengthened with might through his Spirit in our inner man, that Christ Jesus would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we being grounded and rooted in love would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Jesus, which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in the church, to, be, to him be glory. To Jesus be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. To who? To all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Today, I just I pray and will continue to pray that we would examine ourselves as a church, as a body of believers throughout this nation and throughout the nations and understand that the plumb line's in the hand of God. And there's an expectation of the Father that His bride, Jesus' bride, would emulate the humbled Christ. I pray that you do it well by the power of his spirit. Great grace to you. Amen. <laughs>